Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Michael Thomas, president of English High School Alumni Association, is with us to talk all about beloved English, my new favorite high school, English High. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good tonight. I'm glad it's your new favorite high school. I hope it's... Your old favorite high school when we get through. Good. And you're friends with a, another guest of ours, the great Steve Kirkchen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Who came on and talked about the history of Woodstock. And mm-hmm. uh, no, his, not the history of Woodstock, but his experience his, at Woodstock. Yeah. He also has a book about the, the thievery that took place at the Gardner Museum. A book with a theory. Amazing book. All right. Tell me, give me the overview of Boston English, and then I'll get to some details. Boston English uh, High School is the oldest public high school, started out as a public high school in the, in the country. Uh, we know Boston Latin School was started uh, centuries earlier, actually, as a different sort of school. But Boston English High School has been a, uh, really an icon of Boston public school system since 1821 when it was uh, founded by the Boston School Committee, Boston Latin School graduates on the Boston School Committee decided that there needed to be a different high school in Boston besides a high school for Greek and Latin only and people that wanted to go to divinity school. It's evolved as a high school that filled in the gap during the Industrial Revolution during the 1880s with English and math and sciences so that the common man could get an education what wasn't necessarily uh, going to become a uh, divinity student or a doctor or a lawyer going to the uh, Ivy League school, so to speak. So for business, mechanics, engineering, trades, things like that. Yes, exactly. And you went there. I went there. And that's, went, and that's kind of what you did. You went into, into business. I, I, I did. I went into business, uh, lots of different kinds of businesses. But yes, I mean, I think it prepared me for... Uh, college and life after college, um, but it, but it, it's a it's a it was a place where I think a lot of the kids in the city from different parts of the city, Mattapan, Dorchester, you know, East Boston, the North End. There was a really a melting pot of kids from all over the city of Boston that went there uh, on Avenue Louis Pasteur back in the sixties. Where is it now? The high school now is uh, in Jamaica Plain at 144 McBride Street. It's the seventh high school location in the history of the high school. Um, Boston Latin School has probably four different locations, but we have had um, seven overall. Two of those locations in in Boston, downtown Boston, and the south end were in conjunction with in the same building as Boston Latin School. Oh, yes, I saw a picture yeah, of the yeah. two together. Yeah, they were for... for in 18... The 1840s, I believe, and Latin School, I believe, went over to Avenue Louis Pasteur, I think in, in 1924, around there, sometime. So some of the locations for the Boston English School, and I don't know the order, was South End, Warren Street, New where Warren Street is, right? Warren Street and Montgomery Street was, I believe, the second or third location. The first location was in Durant Street, 
right in back of the state house, opposite the Suffolk University classroom entrance okay. door. I actually had my picture taken in front of a plaque. There's a plaque there that says, "This is where the first English huh. high school existed." I have a, I have a, a thing that uh, Joe Gallo did on uh, monuments and bronze things in uh, Boston, and I found I found it that way. The second one was in Pinckney, Pinckney Street. Yeah. And 1824, I think they moved there. And it's it was right in the corner of Charles, isn't it? I believe it is. Yeah, and I believe the building is still there that it was in. I haven't seen the building, but I believe it still exists. Um, and then went from there to the two joint buildings in the South End, actually in downtown Boston, and then the South End with Boston Latin School. Uh, and then they went up to Avenue Louis Pasteur, and we uh, actually followed them up there back in, I believe it was 1954. So I went to the old Commerce High School on Avenue Louis Pasteur, which had been converted to Boston English High School back in the mid-50s. What do kids get there that you can't get at any other high school? Is there a certain tradition of excellence? Uh, you know, you went there. There's something special well, about I it. Mean, what makes it special? I, I think I think for a lot of kids um, that um, had come from Latin school and didn't really like the de rigueur of Latin school and the studiousness of, of, of Boston Latin School and other middle schools around the city like myself, it represented a place where um, you could get a basic education. You had good teachers in most of the subjects, math, English, and sciences. You had kids from all over the city uh, that you had to deal with and were exposed to. And I had a, a family incident recently where uh, the nephew of my girlfriend said, "Well, gee, I'm, I feel un, I feel uncomfortable with African Americans and Asian and Asian people because I never went to school with them." And I said, "You know, this kind of makes me happy. I think about this often about my experience at Boston English High School. Before busing, we had blacks, Latinos, you know, Asians on the football team. We yeah. had all sorts of kids that you, yeah, you know, they were just like what the school was like, what the city was like." It's interesting, as a, on a personal note, uh, there were no uh, black folks or Asian folks in my school, but I'm perfectly comfortable. <laughs> I don't know what her thing was. I, I don't I don't either, but if that's a reason for you to feel uncomfortable, I would say go make some friends of a different yeah. skin color, you know, and see that we're all kind of the same. How do you get in? Is it difficult to get in? English high school, um, at the time was a pretty rigorous course if you wanted to go to English high school. There was not an entrance exam like there was for Boston Latin School and Boston Tech uh, High School. Uh, there was a placement examination where you had to go, um, I believe in August before you matriculated and took a placement exam which kind of told the school where you were gonna land uh, your freshman and sophomore year uh, at English high school. So there was no exam. Um, the rigor was within the school, I think within the good teachers in the school, the competitiveness for kids to basically get a good education, get out and get a job, or go on to college. So for 151 years, it was boys only. And then in yeah. 72, they allowed girls in. That's, I don't know, that seems weird now, doesn't it? <laughs> 151 yeah. years. What, what, what made them change in 1972? Any idea? Well, no, I don't. I don't uh, accept that everybody else was doing it, so we might as well do it. The colleges uh, were doing it. The prep schools were doing it. Um, I think it was uh, maybe just the natural evolution of 
you know, the, the, the gender itself and education and, and getting ahead back in the 60s. Uh, things were backward maybe for females for a long time. So you, when you went, was it boys only? It was boys only. Were you, later in life, were you uncomfortable with women because you didn't go to school with them? I was not uncomfortable okay. with women as a result of that. <laughs> okay. um, but you know what, um, Brad, I also went to uh, high school, prep school, in college, where it was essentially girls only for the follow-up five years, and I still didn't miss them. All right. You're in here because there's a big anniversary coming up. Yes. If, um, talk, talk about that a bit. Yeah. it's uh, We're all excited about that. We've been uh, in the process of planning it as an alumni association board for a good year plus now. Um, we've hired an event marketing firm recently, uh, Liz Page Associates out of Quincy, to help uh, shepherd us through the process of assessing, <clears throat> excuse me, assessing what the uh, what the event would be like, uh, how many people, uh, sponsorship and involvement, tickets, and all that good stuff. The uh, it will it will occur on October second. It's going to be a single event. Not we a think series, it's going to be series. a single event. That's not a, a done deal yet. The, we're thinking it might be a, a school uh, centric event and an alumni centric event. Maybe two different events. Maybe one big day. Um, it will be on October second, two thousand twenty one. We do have a venue reserved, but we're afraid that the JFK Library may be too small for the event that we're looking at. We're wondering whether it's going to be 500 people or 1,000 people. Uh, in 1996 or so, they did a 175th reunion. They had 700 people at the wow. Sattler Hilton. So, so we, I mean, optimistically, I think you're talking about about 1,000 uh, people, give or take, students, politicians, alumni from all over the place, illustrious alumni. I don't quite have a commitment from Herb Chambers yet, but we had a meeting with him about a month and a half ago, and he said he would keep an open mind about that. So we're, we're, the momentum is there. We're moving in the right direction. People are hearing about it. It is a big event. However, there is life between now and 2021. It's the here and the now. And right. I would think, Herb, hey, Herb Chambers, go, you should definitely get involved. I would think, I would think you would, sir. I would hope. I would hope that uh, he would. Uh, he has sort of recently uh, reached out to us and told us um, a few things that were encouraging. And like I said, we did. I did have a meeting with him with my executive secretary, my executive director, actually, uh, and it went fairly well. And uh, th there are people like uh, her out there that are very supportive of their alma mater, and we hope they um, they step up and they'll help us out. I'm confident they will, but it's really the soldiers. It's the average guy on the street that needs to know what is English high school all about? How can they help? <clears throat> How can they get involved? Um, we have done, uh, st stand, we have stood on our hands to try to get this alumni office up and running with a new website, a new database. They can go to EnglishHighAlumni.org is the website to sign up, to get information, to look at photographs, to post notes about their trip to Europe or whatever it is, um, you know, they want to talk about. So, Speaking of alumni and famous folks, I guess this would be a good time to go through some of them. Mm. Well, Herb Chambers, one, he's a businessman. That's consistent with the, the mission statement there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, um, probably the most famous uh, of all time um, is a gentleman by the name of J.P. Morgan. Yeah. Who, he, he, uh, did, went, he did pretty well. 
in his lifetime, yeah. Yeah, he, he did very well. He was actually a very sickly child, uh, so the story goes. And um, <clears throat> he was out, actually out of school for a whole year, and he had to make up that school, that school year. Um, his senior year, he made up uh, credits and became, you know, graduated in 1854. Um, Lewis Sullivan was the uh, architect, um, the inventor of the skyscraper architect. You had a Confederate general. Confederate general. Um, William Whiting? Yes, William Whiting. We had um, Mr. Langley invented the... I believe that was the um, the jet engine, um, Samuel Pierpont Langley. Um, we had you had an actor, yes, Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. Rob Brooks. Leonard Nimoy went to English yes. High. Yes, yes. Doctor Spock went to English High School. I have some Im information on that, but that's a whole separate uh, that's a whole separate subject. His family is looking to do a non-smoking for children promotion with uh, tobacco-free America wow. with the Nimoy. <clears throat> with the Nimoy Foundation. So that's exciting for us. They want us to be involved in that because he grew up in Boston, went to English High School, and hopefully all that will come to fruition. Um, people like um, Leonard Nimoy, Billy Overton was an actor that married Jane Kennedy. He still lives in California and comes to, uh, comes to the East Coast every now and then. Um, the names sort of go on and on and on. Louis uh, Farrakhan. Louis Walcott Farrakhan, um, from what I'm told by people that went to school with him, and I have interfaced with several of them, was one hell of a track guy. And he was so good and so fast, he won, uh, he won relays with the, uh, with the track team. The other thing that I found out about him um, from several different people is uh, he was a, such a fine musician, he could have been a concert violinist. So this is a gentleman that was very good and very probably was very intense at whatever he did. Uh, at English High, it was track and some kind of a music uh, program. So you had the, it says Cahil Gibran, artist, but I thought he was a writer. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we had some conversations with family members uh, of his um, generation removed that wanted to do some kind of a memorial about five or six years ago. We tried to put that together and I'm not sure what ended up happening with it, but um, there's... A um, bunch of sports folks, and you're a sports person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are... Um, <clears throat> there's a guy by the name of Kenneth Clark that graduated, I believe, in the 1976 that ended up playing uh, the line, defensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles for, I think, 10, 15 years. Um, there are... Billy Overton, the, the gentleman I mentioned earlier, uh, was quite a football player in his day. Um, there was a gentleman by the name of, um, uh, he was a fullback for English High School that uh, Preston Johnson ended up playing for the Boston Patriots. He was a fullback for a number of years. Um, there was some pretty good football. Bobby Gindin was an excellent baseball player. I never, I never saw him play, but he signed with the Red Sox and played minor league baseball for a number of years. Um, and I think back in the day when you had 2,000 uh, young men running around, I think you, you, you were bound to have very, very good sports teams. The school changed, um, had girls, changed location, downsized, so to speak. So now you have about 600 kids at the high school, male and female, and they still have pretty good sports teams. So if somebody listening right now wanted their child to go there, 
What would the procedure be? Um, it's a it's become a district high school versus a central magnet high school. So there are certain communities, I believe Rosendale, High Park, Mattapan, Dorchester, Roxbury, that the English high school draws from now. Um, we've been, in recent years, in the last year or two, we've been doing a much better job of marketing the high school to the junior high schools, to the middle schools. So it's now a much more attractive school than it was, let's say, eight years ago before they had a new headmaster and a culture change and an emphasis on the arts and the sciences and on helping the kids get through the school through outside partners uh, and resources. So to answer your question directly, call the high school, find out if there's a registration process or not, go visit the high school. They have two um, sessions a year in the spring and in the fall when you can visit the high school and meet the teachers and find out what the programs are before you ever enroll. Sounds cool. Um, let's see. Is it time for a break yet? No. Speaking of, uh, we, we were talking about sports. They they have uh, footballs. Well, a very old rivalry with Latin, correct? Going way way back. Yes, they do. And I brought a copy of the uh, program from last Thanksgiving. I was curious as to the number. One hundred and thirty-three. Wow. Gridiron. Now this. Uh, having gone to Harvard, I know that Harvard-Yale was about two years older than English high school and Boston Latin school. So that is quite amazing when you really think about it. It's, not the, it's the oldest continuous high school rivalry in the country. I believe uh, Wellesley and Needham are older, but they stopped during the wow. war, that kind of thing. But this contest has gone on and on and on, and it's now at Harvard Stadium, back where I think it belongs, you know, back in the day when I played there the three years in the early 60s. Um, it so was, they play it at Harvard Stadium? They play the that game is, at Harvard yeah, Stadium at cool. Thanksgiving morning, no matter how cold it yeah, is, Yeah, that'd be something to see. I'd like, I think I'd like to go see that sometime. And how does English do? What, how do they stack up over those 133 games? How many um, did they win? Well, I, I think uh, through the 60s, uh, when the schools were both roughly the same size, even though they were across the street from each other, they were both large gatherings of young men uh, in both facilities, the, the, the score was fairly even. In the, in the 60s, the mid-60s, I think the last year we won it was 66 before there was a um, drought on the English high side for a lot of years. Now it is very lopsided. I think since 1966, English high has only won the game four times out of whatever that number of events is, which is very, very lopsided. Latin school plays in a higher division because it's a bigger school. English high is in a smaller division. Nobody wants to give it up. All right. We're going to continue with our guest, Michael Thomas, talking about English high school and uh, actually uh, more about sports. It's something that happened very key on the Boston Common. There's a monument there you may not be aware of, and we will talk about that after this on BZ. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? 
where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. If you want to give us a shout, we're talking about Boston English High School. There's got to be somebody that's listening to me that went there. Love to hear about your experience. Or maybe you have a question. Maybe you know somebody would like to get a, get a kid into the school. We're talking with Michael Thomas, who's the boss of the Alumni Association at Boston English. And early, just before the break, you were talking about how you're doing a better job marketing it than, you, than they used to. How do you market a high school? Do you go to other schools, middle schools, and put up posters? How does that work? I, I think uh, I think you do spread the word at the other high schools. I think some of the uh, Boston public school systems have a way of allowing you to um, communicate with the uh, with the middle schools. By and large, uh, you can also solicit, um, for example, West Roxbury High School had two separate uh, complexes, and they closed the high school. I'm sure we made visits over to West Roxbury High School to talk to the seniors over there, the juniors over there that wanted to come to English High School, um, you know, as seniors. Uh, but I think it's a difficult job in general, and I think what happens, and it's happening right now at the high school, is that they develop a reputation over time. And it has always been a school back in the late 1800s and 1900s. It's always been a school of immigrants, immigrants' children, first generation, second generation. I'm a second generation immigrant of a uh, Lebanese, Middle Eastern family. My father went to Commerce High School. He literally went to school in the same building I ended up going to. Uh, and he was first generation and was a printer his entire life. I came along, he said, you're going to English High School also, as did a couple of my older brothers. But today, we have immigrant children coming, people that are coming into this country from Caribbean countries, um, and this is the first place they land. Their parents want them to go to a safe place where they know they're going to learn English as well as uh, become more literate in their native language. Just out of curiosity, did you happen to have any teachers that your father also had? Because I did. No. <laughs> my, my eighth grade teacher, my father also had that same teacher. That's, that's just, kind of unbelievable. There, there, uh, I've heard stories, uh, Brad, many stories about teachers uh, that were there um, for the son of the uh, father that had the same teacher. And, the, and there have been some uh, long-term excellent teachers at Boston English High School. Um, you know, it's just a place where people, teach, teachers stayed because the student groups were excellent. They loved their jobs. Uh, you have an incredible dedicated staff these days that educate um, a student population that's sort of typical of Boston public schools. Can you talk about uh, the courses that you can actually take there? I know that there's a woodworking course. I, I looked at the website. There is. Um, there is. There's uh, some very interesting things going on uh, right now at the school, and they're being emulated uh, district-wide. They have um, one of the uh, more robust music and arts program. A part of the arts program is an actual woodworking class that they take. They have about 100 kids enrolled in drumline, dance, musical, orchestra, um, which is the biggest number of kids in any of the Boston public schools, 
besides Boston Arts Academy, which is a high school exclusively for the arts. But in addition to that, they have a program called the Pathways Program. And, and what that allows them to do is they started, they brought this in about five or six years ago. It's being emulated district-wide. The kids come in as freshmen, and they select one of five different areas of study that they actually have to go to a class once a day in this area of study. It can be health and wellness. It can be business and finance and entrepreneurship. It can be um, legal and um, emergency services. It can be web design, and it can be graphic design. So the idea is that if a child goes through these programs and they, they decide in their junior year that college is not for them, they're going to continue and they will have a skill set that they can then either get a certification for, they can get a job in the business world if they have, you know, Microsoft certified um, and, and that type of thing. And, and if they do decide to go to college, this allows them to have a job, part-time job, while, you know, and earn some decent money while they might be going to school part-time night. So the Pathways program has really taken off in BPS in general and at English High School, it's now probably in its seventh or eighth year and it's evolved. So is what did you just kind of address the health assisting students? Is that what you talked about or is that it's, a separate it, thing? No, no, that that's part of the Pathways okay. uh, path or program. And it's really um, um, having visited the school twice, three times when they were in the middle of instruction, the kids actually uh, learned CPR. They actually learned how to do EKGs. They were just bringing that equipment in. They actually have a Monday morning at 7 o'clock Harvard Medical School laboratory that they go to uh, every week during the course of their studies. They can become a certified nursing assistant through this program. They can also get several credits in high school uh, that will apply to college when they go off to college. It's, it's, it's a pretty interesting, robust program that seems to be very appealing to a lot of the kids these days. College is really expensive these days. And I, you know, I'm, I, like many parents, I'm sure, think there's got to be another way. Does English at all, well, does English always believe that kids should go to college? Or do they, does English high school kind of prepare kids for for maybe not needing to go to college, like teaching them business, so you could just be in business yourself. Yeah, I think you just I think you just said it, and I think that part of these pathway programs are for those kids that at some point during their high school careers decide that they don't want to go, they they can't afford the college, they don't want to go to college, they want to try something else. The legal and protective services. Uh, allows a student to be able to learn and get on a 911 board and do uh, uh, calls that you know the police would uh, actually be doing and actually work in sort of a live setting to see if, hey, maybe I'd like to be in law enforcement, maybe I'd want to be in emergency services, and, you know, and that type of thing, as well as exposes them to civil and constitutional law in case they decide they want you know law schools the way they want to go. So you went to Boston English, then you went to... Um, a prep school before going to the big H is that standard taking that extra year there to do no, the prep school? No, it's not standard. And uh, for me, it was sort of a lucky pivot um, that was influenced by my parents and my mentors and my coaches and teachers at, at English high school. Uh, for me um, personally, I was very young graduating from high school and I was an athlete. 
Uh, there were people in my lives, coaches and teachers, that were saying to me, hey, look at me, you'd be well served to go take another year somewhere else, prepare even better for college, uh, and, and then this way you may get into a better school. I think that is atypical. I think uh, economically it doesn't make a lot of sense yeah. for kids today. The other thing is that high schools should be preparing kids to be able to move from high school right, right on into college. So where'd you go, Exeter? I went to Andover. Andover. It's rival. Sorry. Yes, that's okay. So sorry. That's okay. We beat him in football that year. Talking about programs, I don't know if you get into the meat of the programs to know about the PIE period and the PIE mentor, P-I-E. Is that something you I can do. talk about? Okay. I actually do. Um, it's something that uh, you've done your homework well, Brad. Um, the... Uh, new headmaster, Caitlin Murphy, this is, uh, she's about a year and a half into her uh, tenure as headmaster, decided that she would take a little bit of time from each of the class uh, periods each day and lop off five or ten minutes of each class so a child would have 40 minutes every day of their pie period. I think it's partners in education is what it stands for. That doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense to me, but the reality of it is that kids seem to like it. They can go and choose to work out during that period. They can study. They can go up into the cafeteria. They can work on their area, their problem areas. That's the way I understand exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. And some of the kids, you know, are not doing that. They're, they're probably going to the uh, sports zone and they're working out there, which is okay. They're allowed to do that. Um, they can also go to the tutoring center, which has become a very, very popular place. Uh, Seems English. like a real healthy environment to me. <clears throat> it, it is. It, and culturally... Culturally, it has changed uh, in the last seven or eight years. It is a very different place. It's a very safe place for kids to go to school right now. And uh, from, from what I see in the school, it's a very different demeanor and a very nice environment for a lot of kids. So we just talked about the pie period, period during the day, which has been carved out so people can work on their troubled areas. They also have a pie mentor. They get assigned a mentor. Yes, they, uh, they do. I believe it's an instructor that takes care of them, um, that actually will track what they're doing during their pie periods. A lot of the, uh, a lot of the students go to the, uh, what's now called the Alumni and Friends Tutoring Center. It started out as a writing center to help kids write college essays. It has literally morphed into English and language and sciences and math where kids come to this fifth floor office and they can work on their college essays, they can work on any of the subjects that they feel they're weak in, and the tutors will actually go into the classroom, the math classroom, the language classroom, with these tutors and sit there side by side with the tutor, with the tutor and the student while the teacher's teaching the lesson. If I were out there listening to this and I had a kid, I would, and I lived in the right district, I would certainly be trying to get him into Boston English. Dan and Quincy wants to join us. Mike Let's talk to Dan. How you doing, Dan? What's up? Hi, Dan. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty well, Dan. How you doing tonight? How can Dan? we help you? Yeah, so I I just wanted to know where should your children where's where's the area of focus that you should really really pin down uh, as to where they should be focusing on in in high school? Like what area? That's a pretty general question. Not necessarily about. Boston English High School, I don't know. Is that something that we want to go to? Like, you're not well, a well, guidance I mean, counselor. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I think if, if a child wants to uh, get ahead academically, 
uh, I think they want to do something that I didn't do a lot of when I was in high school, and that is read. You didn't read? I didn't read a lot. I was out playing ball too you much. You did play you know, a lot of ball. I did, I did play a lot of ball. But, I mean, reading, uh, I also grew up in a family of eight boys, so I didn't have much of a choice as to. No girls? No girls. Eight boys. Eight boys. So I was used to the boy thing, as you can yeah. sort of see. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I would say the best thing a child can do, you can do for a child, is to read to that child or have that child read. Yeah. My father used to say, Read, I don't care what you read, because you can learn something from anything, Mad Magazine or whatever it is. 617-254-1030 if you'd like to give us a shout. Little little about you. You mentioned that you'd had some, you, you played a lot of sports, you went to Andover, and you went to Andover as a result of a mentor. And it was his name Bill? One Bill, of your, Stewart. Bill, yeah, Stewart. Bill Stewart. Bill Stewart. Talk about Bill Stewart and what a guy like Bill Stewart meant to you. Well, um, Bill Stewart was a bit of a uh, substitute father figure for me. I had a very happy family life and a mother and father. My father worked out. I had a lot of brothers, uh, five older brothers that were, you know, around all the time, teaching me, showing me, cajoling me, punching me. Uh, but Bill Stewart um, did a lot of things for a lot of students at English High School. I was lucky enough to play um, three different, uh, two different sports with him. So it was three different uh, years and two different seasons. So six seasons in all. And he was, uh, he was a mentor. He knew the system. He knew the process. Um, he was tough on some kids, but he was also very fair. And if you did your work and you kept your nose clean and it looked like you studied a little bit and you wanted to go to college, he would be more than happy to help you out. Okay, we have da Tom and Quincy. He says his dad went to Boston English. All right, let's see how his dad turned out. How you doing, Tom? Not bad. How about you? Pretty well. Say hi to Mike and tell us about uh, your dad's experience as much as you Good can. Good evening, Tom. Hi, hi Mike. Uh, yeah, my old man was class of 38, and um, he was a proud English grad. I, I'll say that. Uh, he, um, you know... Uh, you know, I, I, you know, he's gone now, but, uh, you know, I remember late in his life, he, he went to and enjoyed, uh, um, you know, uh, a, a, a reunion there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just wanted that my personal experience with, uh, the high school, I mean, I, I, I went to, um, parochial schools, but, um, you know, the, 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 uh, I don't know, the, the school itself in JP, it's still in JP, right? It's still in JP. Correct. Yeah, there, there's a, a, a roll call or a list. Um, it's a bronze um, monument, I guess it's the best way to describe it, in, mm -hmm. in the hall there that lists all the people who died in World War One and World War Two, students and faculty. And that list is a very long one. Yes, I believe it's one of the uh, major plaques they have on the wall in the in the main hallway uh, of the high school. And... Um, it's been there. It's been relocated there. Uh, it's been there for quite a while. Um, you know, back in the day, uh, a lot of the, even pre-Civil War, a lot of the soldiers and a lot of the cadets were, you know, came through the public schools before they ended up going and fighting in the war. Now we're going way, way back. But um, your dad um, uh, um, probably didn't see me at any of the reunions, but we find and hear the same thing from a lot of alums, especially the older guys from the 40s and 50s, um, that English high school was a very, very happy time in their life. They learned a lot, and they...
probably learned enough to get along in business and earn a living and, and provide for your family. Thanks, Tom. Yeah. Appreciate that. Running low on time. You brought a book by Joseph R. Gallo, Jr. It is a book called Boston, Bronze and Stone Speak to Us. And it sort of ties together sports and history and Boston English. There's a, a monument on the common, which is pretty darn interesting. Talk about that. Yeah, it's uh, something uh, we only stumbled about when I found this book uh, several years ago and doing some alumni work. And I discovered this uh, called the uh, Oneida Club. And what it is is about a five-foot-high, concrete, rather nondescript-looking monument on one of the walkways in the Boston Common. Um, if you walk all the walkways, you'll eventually find it. And it talks about um, the fundamental uh, or the genesis of the American football, which I believe happened in the 1860s, 1862, and it was actually the melding of uh, Boston English and Boston Latin School boys who decided that they would play on this wonderful field and uh, keep any opposing teams from crossing the goal line. And there were all sorts of games lasted two and a half hours and with no breaks in between. It was the genesis of American football the way we know it now. It sort of died off and then made its way back with English high school starting their rivalry with Boston Latin School, and I believe it was 1886. Early on, no goalposts, right? No, no what? No goalposts. No goalposts. You just got to get. You had to get whatever it was you were you, you were playing with, some kind of a leather ball you across the goal line. Carry it, or could you kick it across? I think you could kick it, you could throw it, or you could carry it across. Wow! And supposedly the Oneida Club. They were so good is that nobody ever, they had a fancy way of saying it, nobody ever crossed their goal line. <laughs> so a little bit about you. You grew up in Alston? I grew up in Alston. Um, Where at, exactly? On Alston Street, right near Ringer Playground, um, right actually across the street from a playground. So it was a good place for me to hang out. And Any other landmarks there, stores or anything that so I could picture it exactly? What? the Where you grew up? Um, it's, I'm a big geographic location guy. Well, it's, it's the, 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 the street is runs between Commonwealth Avenue and Brighton Avenue. Okay. And it runs, it runs actually up to Washington street from Brighton Avenue crosses okay. Commonwealth Avenue and goes all the way up to where, uh, Whole Foods is now on Washington street. And then I moved to West Roxbury my junior year in high school. Um, and you had... And I was, Eight brothers. That's a lot of brothers. I, mean, I, I had two brothers, so no, no women. So I get the no women part, but eight. There must have been s certain specific things in your lifestyle that you could only experience with eight brothers. Um, yes, and I think it was uh, make sure you were uh, you were at dinner on time at four thirty when when the old man got home and wanted to eat dinner because if you didn't get home at a certain time um, and you were late. You might have not have gotten quite as much food that night because they're uh, ravenous boys. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you had enough kids, so you didn't really need any other kids to play sports. You could play like four on four basketball or football or whatever. I had to do. You know, I only had two brothers. It was tough. Well, yeah, I mean, um, if we got the old man involved, we had a baseball team. We put the old man in right field. And a little bit more detail about your career, all the stuff you've done. Well, I mean. Um, 
You mean post post high school and yeah. And well, all after stuff? college, you you know went into business. You've done a bunch of stuff. I won. Um, I actually got involved in uh, right out of college working for Mayor White in the mayor's office uh, for a few years, and then I got into sales and then moved to then they moved to New York um, to go to business school down at Columbia. From there, I started a marketing consumer package goods marketing career with a couple of major companies. Later on. Um, 10, 15 years after that, I built a house in New York and started my own marketing consulting firm. Um, so I did that for a number of years until I moved back to the Boston area in 2002, just in time for all my sports teams to win championships. Yay. I had <laughs> did they win with. fairly and squarely? <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> Not sure. So when you went away from Boston, what was... You know, lacking. When you move away from Boston, what does one miss, if anything? I missed all the sports teams, and I missed being updated and being able to watch, you know, Nesson or Channel Fifty Six back in the day. Uh, for me, that was a big that was a big tug in the other direction, as well as my family. I mean, I was the first to really second in my family to move out of state. You know, so when you go to the Big Apple and you go to the Big Bad City. You know, the question came up every time I come home, are you a Yankee fan yet? Oh, right. Are you a, uh, you know, New York Giants fan yet? That kind of thing. Um, all my friends were Yankee fans. I got into see Yankee Stadium and go to more games there than I ever went to at Fenway Park. So, Great to have you in. You know, it's, we, we know abstractly, we say Boston's a great place, but I really like finding out why, and Boston English is one of the reasons why. The more you know about the, the nooks and crannies of Boston – the richer it is. Thanks a lot for coming in. Okay, my pleasure. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, it's WBZ. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.